Produced with podcasting gear from Tascam, including the Tascam Mini Studio. Trust your audio to Tascam. Sound thinking. Microphones and headphones provided by CAD Audio. CAD Audio, expression through innovation. Forgive the interruption, but I believe this requires your attention. Meanwhile, at the above-ground underwater suborbital volcano lair... Sergeant, we need a response team. We're already putting together the best man. With all due respect, sir, so am I. I have a plan. It's real! Mighty Marvel Geeks. That's what we call ourselves. Sort of like a team. Team? No, no, no. We're a chemical mixture that makes chaos. We're we're a time bomb. Well then, son, you've got a condition. Your show about all things Marvel with Mike, Kylan, and Eric. What a bunch of losers. I am crew. That I did know. These people may be isolated and unbalanced, but I believe with the right push, it can be exactly what you need. Suit up. I'm bringing the party to you. I have indeed been uploaded, gentlemen. Online and ready. And welcome to another issue of Mighty Marvel Geeks. Talking about issues. Eric's got some tonight. I don't know what's happening on your side of the lair, but we had to go the the intercom route with Eric tonight. So it is Kylan, Eric, and myself. Mike, how are you guys doing? Well, with somebody with uh, tech issues, I think I'm doing fair to Midland, which is better than null and void. I'll take that any day. Uh, <laughs> you, you, oh, yesterday, um, we recorded Wookiee Radio, and with Derek having issues... I had upgrade updates galore on my end. Uh, Ken has some updates. It was very appropriate that that show last night was show 101 because here at here at Disney, and I, I don't know about other companies, but if you hear over the radio, it's a small world is 101. That means the ride's down. Uh, we almost had, we kind of felt like we went 101 with the way things were going last night. So it was apropos, but over on Eric's side of the of the Lair, he is almost 101. Thankfully, Intercom's working. I am, and uh, well, you know, fortunately, this broom closet had a spare microphone jack, and uh, hey, I found where the Yeti cooler went. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Well, we were talking before show about Loot Crate and the Loot Vault. Of course, go to our website, MightyMarvelGeeks.net. Down the right-hand side of the homepage, you you see our affiliates for Ripped Apparel, Redbubble, our our new partners, Heroes and Villains, and actually, no, we don't have Heroes and Villains yet because they're just Star Wars. Found Me, which we'll talk about our trackers here in a minute, um, our web store for jerseys, hats, which some new hat options are up, and you can get your Captain Marvel jersey, hockey jersey, Cree and Hero. Yeah, they look good. Um, really good. Loot crates on there as well as superhero stuff. Loot crate on their vault. Loot crate vault is doing 50% off everything on the site. I know Kyla and I just bought some new Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Um, badges that were used from what? Season 2, right? Or is that Season 3? Yeah. Uh, I think it was Season 2. Well, we, we got them for what? Three bucks? Roughly three bucks each. Yeah, they're now listed at a dollar forty nine. What? Yeah, uh, I think I'm getting some more. <laughs> Just bought those things. Oh my gosh! I know. I'm, I'm thinking about getting like four more. <laughs> 
and they'll be worth wow. it. They'll be worth it. Yeah, it would be. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, they also have the Nelson and Murdoch avocados at law business card holder for a dollar. Oh my God. <laughs> I think that's getting purchased too. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Going back to what we talked about before, the found me's. Mm-hmm. Oh, each one of us got two. Yep. Mm-hmm. Kylan, you got Black Panther and Thor. Eric, you got I got Hulk and uh, Anti Venom. I got Iron Man and Captain Phasma, which Captain Phasma works because Marvel and DC, you know, Marvel Comics and Star Wars. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, yeah. You know, I do a mar- I'm part of a Marvel show and a Star Wars show, so these things are cool. Yeah, yeah, they are. Yeah, um, I, I, I love mine. To use your phone to track, I mean, I played with it. I went, oh, let me do phone to tracker and I had it go off. Cool. Let's go tracker to phone. That was pretty cool. Let me put the phone in in camera mode for a selfie. Hey, looky there. I could just hold the phone out and, and use the tracker's button to take a picture. That was pretty awesome as well. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, this, I, think, I think I like that picture the best. Yeah. So say next weekend, if uh, I believe you, you two are going to be in Huntsville next weekend. Yeah, Callan, why don't you talk about that a little bit? <laughs> Well, okay, yeah, yeah so uh, the weekend of the, I believe that's going to be the March eighth, this coming weekend. Yeah, not this coming weekend. Next weekend, or, or yeah, yeah, the, Captain uh, by Marvel the time weekend. You guys hear this? Yeah, it's Captain Marvel weekend. So uh, in Huntsville, Alabama, is the uh, Huntsville Comic and Pop Culture Convention. I believe it is. And so um, actually, I, I just I planned on being down there. Uh, my my brother uh, said, "Hey, you want to come? We hang out." And you know, I said, "Sure." So, yeah, you know, I hadn't seen him in a while. So, yeah, I figured. I said, "Hey, I wonder how close Eric is because I know Alabama's a big state, you know." But I said, "You know, you never know unless you ask. Come find out. It's relatively close to Eric." So, well, Eric Alabama's is, bigger than Delaware anyway. So, well, there, that, that's true. That is true. Uh, and, and well, now okay, it's not bigger than Ohio, but you know, you are warmer yeah. than Ohio. So true. At this point in time, it's not a bad thing. So yeah. So uh, I so after after recording for almost three years, I think four years. You came in. We started. I started 2013 with the show. Hence why the number 13 on the jerseys. I came on 2015. So that. So I would have come in in uh, 2014 then. Yeah. All right. So uh, so yeah. So after after uh, recording with uh, with being on the show for our almost four oh. years we're gonna finally get to meet somebody so oh, hey. Lord, it not seem like it has been that long but you know i he, know he, 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 well it was almost three years before eric and i met in person true and that was what last year two years ago two years ago so years ago this coming easter yeah yeah we we need to figure out how to get all three of us in one spot seriously that's gonna have to happen i say mighty marvel geeks invasion of marvel island at universal studios <laughs> 
That'd be awesome. And you went there. Okay. Hey, it's a Disney property. They are paying. <laughs> they are paying you, us. You know, there, there's also there's also when Guardians of the Galaxy roller coaster opens. <laughs> this is true oh, too. Yeah. That yeah, that's like twenty. It's going to be twenty twenty one. Two years from now. Wow. Okay. We're gonna have to start making plans now. Yeah. Seriously. So. So yeah, you guys are there. Ask these guys to see their their found me trackers. And hey, who knows? If y'all do a meetup, Mighty Marvel Geeks meetup with people there, sit at a table, put the phone on one end, then you got your tracker to take a, a group picture of everyone. There you go. There you who needs a, a selfie stick when you've got a found me? <laughs> <laughs> Darn right. I think that's awesome. And that's what I love about these things. These things are great. And they're they're 25 bucks at the moment, but if you go to the site, F-O-U-N-D-M-I.com, that's foundme.com, if you go there... Enter the code word field agents at checkout. All one word is fifteen percent off your your first purchase. There you go. So saves you some money. Can't beat that. No, some is better than none, right? Oh yeah, some always better than none. Mm-hmm. Unless you're talking kidney stones. Uh, That's true. None's definitely uh, much better. Yeah. So uh, speaking of some or none, well, this is a time that none's going to be better than some. Rotten Tomatoes has made some big changes in order to combat trolls. <laughs> like, trolls are a problem. Well, yeah. over there, there were, they were. Uh, for better or for worse, Rotten Tomatoes has become an increasingly important tool for consumers um, trying to decide what movies they're going to see and what not to see. And in recent years, fans of the DC East EU, whatever they call it, has, yeah. has claimed that there has been unfair reviews against their movies because of um, because of Disney and Marvel fans chiming in type thing, um, which no, it's just the movies stink. Your, your your movies are low quality. Yeah, the only one and, that has been decent is Wonder Woman. Yeah, true. And Wonder Woman, I felt was extremely well done. It was. It was. It it, it was very well done. There was hope for the DCEU after that. Um, yeah. Aquaman was de- Aquaman was decent. You no, but you know. So there has been attacks from the DC side against Marvel films and against the Star Wars movies. And then it's gone to just the Star Wars vocal minority and the the, the fan vocal minority in general has been lashing out uh, because in recent now recently we've had people targeting the last jedi black panther and of course most recently captain marvel with negative reviews and comments now rotten tomatoes is fighting back well you know the thing is that this this type of thing hurts rotten tomatoes brand because they 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 want to be seen as a somewhat i guess dependable um site for movies it hurts their credibility yeah it really it hurts their credit it really does so I, I i can understand why they they they've made these steps i completely understand why yeah so to continue well, go ahead the the changes I, I don't know that i call that fighting
coming back because it's more like a we're changing the format of the of the site so it makes it harder to review Bob yeah or at least at least with the uh, with the want to see uh, part of it right which really I think it's a good thing that they're doing because now it's just gone to a straight number yeah. of it is it's not like a percentage no no that that makes it feel like well the fans are just uh, are, are just crapping all over it right so now it's gone to a 12,368 want to see this right mm-hmm. now as you were saying previously users were able to express their interest in seeing a movie and it would generate a number that indicated a percentage of people interested in seeing that movie that feature is now disabled mm-hmm. which really it shouldn't have been there in the first place correct that's true uh unfortunately or, or if it, you, or if it, it or if it is there it should have nothing to do with the scores right uh, unfortunately uh some people if you if you give them the whole thing if you give them an inch they'll take a mile some people if you give an inch they'll take they'll they'll, they'll take like 20 miles and a league after that so and, and some people if you give them give them an inch they'll take the worm <laughs> but um okay um now as rotten tomatoes has been explaining there's been some confusion between that number and the audience score uh per rotten tomatoes as of february 25th we no longer show the want to see percentage score for a movie during its pre-release period why you might ask we found the want to see percentage score is oftentimes confused with the audience score percentage number now the audience score takes the user reviews once the movie has been released and generates a percentage of positive reviews which indicates from an audience perspective whether a movie is rotten or fresh ultimately a movie will have two numbers a tomato meter tomato meter critic score and the audience rating okay part of the problem has been that certain groups are targeting various movies for various reasons ahead of the release to generate negative buzz mm-hmm. for instance we are let me pull up my countdown at time of recording we are 294 days away from star wars episode 9 and there has been so many negative pop up, negative comments popping up on the Star Wars Episode Nine Rotten Tomato page. It's ridiculous. And the movie doesn't even have a title yet. We're still under the working title of Trixie is the production title. Um, so Trixie. Yeah, because it has the IX in the middle of it. It's like the cereal, Silly Rabbit. Sit there for kids. Yep. So I, I think after everything that happened with Captain Marvel and then with Star Wars Episode Nine, um, this is where Rotten Tomatoes just said, you know what? Done. Period. Um, you know, the, the one to see rating was 80% or higher before the trolls began their review bombing campaign on the movie, which then brought it down to 27% over a course of a few days. Um, and I'm not sure if this is for Captain Marvel or uh, or Episode 9. But um, their comments have been, we're disabling the comment function prior to a movie's release date. 
thank you. Unfortunately, this is this is what they should have done all along. Oh yeah, oh, I know. Great. Hindsight is twenty twenty. It's easy to sit here and play armchair quarterback, saying you know this is how I should have been. But really, common sense should tell you there's no point in having a comment capability on a movie that has not been released yet. Right. Um, unfortunately, we've seen an uptick in non-constructive input, sometimes border- bordering on trolling. Uh, sometimes bordering, <laughs> definitely trolling. They they didn't stop at borderline. No, no. Uh, which we believe is a disservice to our general readership. We have decided that turning off this feature for now is the best course of action. Don't worry, though. Fans will still get to have their say once a movie is released. And I say at this point in time, don't don't unlock it until like with Captain Marvel's sake, November or March eighth. I know they're doing fan events and everything else on the seventh. March eighth is when this should be done. Well, you know, the thing is, um, I feel like that I, I feel I feel like that the trolls, you know, it, OK, I, I it, it, it's good. It is good that they decided to you know to shut off access to that until the movie has come out. But we all know what's going to happen. We all know that once the movie is out, that they're just going to go in and get their buddies together in somebody's mom's basement and, you know. No, and you know, and bounce between laptops and phones, and and I, and, and try and just fill up with all as all the negative, uh, no crap that they can just throw in there. That and that's what they're going to do. Well, how about how about this? I'll take it one step further. They're all sitting around a, a table at McDonald's eating their chicken nuggets and French fries. While half the group are taking their turns bashing whatever on Rotten Tomatoes, while the other half is is doing whatever with Pokemon Go, and then talking about it in their Reddit group, yeah, on their other I, devices. I I mean, you know, the thing is, I mean, if, if they. I mean, they tried to they they tried to do this to Black Panther. They tried to do it to Wonder Woman. Uh, they you know in, in every and ever since episode um what is it episode eight last ever Jedi since episode eight yeah ever since episode eight they've been you know that that's it's they they do it like it's their job you know oh yeah and, and a lot of this is because of being critical you know all the people being critical of. Uh, the different DC films. Well, it's not our fault that they're crap. I said it exactly, and and I agree. And um, actually, you know what? <laughs> I think this is a perfect segue. Uh, if we want to talk about quality, um, Black Panther uh was did more than just get uh nominated. I think it was got nominated for it with eight Oscars. Uh, and, I think so. And they and the movie won three of the eight. Uh, they won uh, Best Costume Design, and that was Ruth Harder. Best Production Design, that was Hannah, Bell- Hannah Beecher as uh, set decoration um, Jay Hart. And Best Original Score, and that was Ludwig Goranson. And, you know, I, and I'll say this, you know, a lot of people would, would you know, kind of say, well, you know, it's it's a you know, geek movie, blah, blah, blah. But you know what? Geek movies generally don't win Best Original Score. And at the most, they win something 
something like no like the more technical awards uh this was a movie uh mcu movie i think it, it was it the first mcu movie to actually win oscars i think so i've heard it I, i've heard that before i find that a little hard to believe with if for nothing else best visual effects right yeah that's right and uh, you know so i'm not certain that's why i i i say that uh with an asterisk um but and you know it turned out to be a really big night for marvel because into the spider-verse won best animated feature i believe it's it's best animated feature long form i believe it was so yeah it's it's also not often that an animated movie goes up against pixar and wins exactly well it was also a big success too when let's face it captain america helps escort a winner up the stairs so she doesn't true, fall. True, true. But you know, we look. We 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 all know that Chris Evans is he's he he's Cap in real life. And, you know, maybe maybe he just finally come out with it. Yeah, okay, yeah. Captain America's real. Captain America's real. I'm actually Steve Rogers, and you know, I was just playing myself on the screen. <laughs> you know, uh, it's it's uh, we've said it before on this podcast. One of the strengths of the MCU has been its casting. Yeah. Oh yeah. And like, could you imagine anybody? else as Tony Stark. No. 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 And, and likewise, could you imagine anyone else as Captain America? No. Honestly, no. No. And that's and I think for for a, a whole big thing of it, the actors get the role. Yes. I mean, they, they get it. And not only do they get it, they understand it. They genuinely like being, you know, playing that character. Mm-hmm. Now, in, in Downey's case, it was probably because that's what saved his career. That's true. Um, so, I mean, you got you got folks like you know Chris Pratt and and uh, and Zoe Saldana and Dave Bautista. They had careers, yes. And, but at the same time, you just. <sighs> I mean, it's almost like there's a big kid syndrome here. Right. Well, I mean, if I got to play Nick Fury. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, you get these people who just kind of like, they don't say, I've got to play this. It's, I get to play this. Yes. And I think that's, that is, there's a part of casting that says, well, this person would be good to play this role in this movie. Mm -hmm. Right. There's a whole different level of casting that extends to the, I get to play this character. And I understand this character and I love playing this character. Mm -hmm. And when I say that casting is one of the strengths of the MCU, that's what I'm talking about. Um, You know, case in point, Paul Rudd. I'll be honest with you, when I heard Paul Rudd was was cast for the lead in Ant-Man, I... I was like, what are you doing? I mean, not that I didn't like Paul Rudd. I did, but I, I couldn't see him as heroic. But I was so wrong. Like, Paul Rudd, wow. I, 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 seriously, could you picture anybody else in that He was role? pretty much perfect for that role. He really was. I and mean, again, Chris Pratt. I mean, did you think that he would be a good hero? No. I. You know, the thing was, like, my, my only, my, my only uh, experience with him was his time on um, Parks and Rec. And he may have done other things prior to that, but I didn't know. And, you know, number one, you know, I, I'm I'm no, I'm being told that I'm going to actually care about a gun-toting raccoon. I'm like, okay. And then I find out that, you know, Chris Pat Pratt is the lead. And I'm like, okay, I could tell that he lost weight, you know, because they, and they kind of wrote it in, wrote it into like the last season of um, uh, Parks and Rec, you know, but he 
he had been training in that time, but I still didn't see it. But then, what, maybe the first 10 minutes of Guardians of the Galaxy, and I was sold. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, it was... I you know and that's but the thing is for and and I believe that this extends beyond Marvel Comics and the bullpen. It goes into Marvel Entertainment and it goes into Marvel Cinematic. It, 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 you know everywhere. It's it, it's like you said. These are people. These are stories about people who happen to be superheroes. So if you're if that's what you're casting, you better cast somebody that that you believe believe is a real person and not just portraying a character right. and they do that with spot on oh yeah i mean is there really anybody that has been cast in a major mcu role that you thought you wasn't I, that they didn't do a bang up job the, the only one that even comes close in my mind is jeff goldblum as grandmaster yeah yeah I, but and, and, but and even then, i'm not familiar works. with that character so i mean it, he's not it's not the Grandmaster from the comics. Okay. It's basically Jeff Goldblum cosplay. Right. It, it's almost, it's borderline Grandmaster from the video game. Yeah. Or, but but even then, it works. It yeah. does. It does. I don't know. I just, I, you know, and I know all three of us, we, 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 we love Marvel, you know. Well, we and wouldn't be here if we did. We, exactly. But I, t- I have to admit, I try to be objective about it just to make sure that I, I'm not, I, I don't ever become a Marvel apologist. I know oh. myself well enough to know that I have no problem calling Marvel on things, but <laughs> I'm sorry. The oh. Marvel Cinematic Universe is just, yeah. Well, we, we know I have problems holding holding back my feelings about Marvel products. I'm just well, too shy and, about it. Well, you know, the thing is, but see, I think that's one of the reasons why people like listening to us because we're not, we're not yay raw. Everything Marvel is wonderful. Oh, wait, no, we, I, we am, will say, I am critical. <clears throat> you Action are, figure critics. We'll sh- we will, <laughs> we'll show tough love when we have to. We will, we will. And, you know, so, you know, and I, I um, I'll admit, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I, season one. I still stand by Agents of Shield season one. I, I still do. It it was a, it was a slow burn to get to where they could finally say Hydra. It was a slow burn. I'll admit that. But I still stand. I stand by season one of High uh, of Agents of Shield, and I stand by season one of Iron Fist. In fact, just a quick little um, just a quick little tangent on this. I read an article. Was it in Was it a comic book dot I believe it was. Somebody actually said that they, I think they called season one of Iron Fist a, uh, an underrated gym. Oh, wow. And, and and this was their reasoning for it. They, they said the thing is, it... Okay, so you know, episode. So yeah, season one of Daredevil, you know, is like a a, a long origin story. Okay, right. season one of Luke, Luke Cage, long origin story. And the thing is, season one of Iron Fist, even it is a long origin story. The thing is, there are so many other things going on because you got long origin story, you throw into that fish out of water, you know, on top of that, and 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 you kind of add that like he 
really doesn't even come into his own until, or he doesn't really does he doesn't begin coming into his own until Defenders, really. Right. So he has all of season one, and he's not quite there yet. He kind of starts putting it together in Defenders, and you finally see it come together. I believe it was in episode ten of season two of Luke Cage. <laughs> Yeah, well, I think a lot of the complaint with Iron Fist is people were just going, season one, there's really nothing here that truly makes us relate to the character and associate the character to the comics. And and, and that's true. They, they, he's, that, that Danny Rand is not the, who you get in the comics. He, 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 he kind of, he starts becoming that by the time we get to season two. He kind of starts to become, you know, the Danny Rand that we have in the comics. So you, you, the, thing is it, it's a it's another slow burn but i do st- i still stand behind that one i will say that there were some moments that probably could have been written better and there are some moments that could have been written better season with season one of ages of shield but i do stand behind those i and i have reasons for it but i understand why people took issue with it. i like i understand your issues with that i totally get it so yeah it's i mean season one i like I've said, I've enjoyed most of it. First couple episodes where we get to, you know, dealing with Mike and everything else was, mm-hmm. was fine. For me, it was the whole, I have to go through and look at the episode list. I want to say there's like five or six. I could just pull out and say, get rid of these, shorten the season. Mm-hmm. That would have been a perfect season. I, I, I can give you that. Um, I was getting frustrated. I'll admit, I was getting frustrated because I knew it was Hydra, but they wouldn't say Hydra until uh, Winter Soldier. And then all of a sudden, it's a completely different show. I, I have to admit, I loved that payoff, though. It was worth it. It was worth watching that, watching that episode, going and seeing the movie, and then coming back, and all of a sudden, I'm like, I feel sorry for the people who did not see the movie because you're like, holy crap, what's happened? Right. <laughs> you know, because there were like about five episodes like all of a sudden you felt like you just missed five episodes, you know? Right. Oh, yeah. Very yeah, good. I agree with you. Now, I, I, I get the logic behind the slow start. Mm-hmm. I really do because, I mean, you can't spoil it. You no. cannot spoil Winter Soldier. No. Especially, well, and so there has to be some introduction of the characters. If you want, and so much of it, particularly with Ward, you really couldn't go into without, you know, until you get into into Winter Soldier because the whole Hydra sleeper agent thing is so central to his character. It right. is. It, it, so, it was. So yeah, I mean, I I get where they were coming from, and I and I get the challenge. So it th- th- that knowledge kind of I don't want to say I give the first half of season one a hard path, you know, a pass. Mm-hmm. But I'm not as harshly critical as I could have been. Right. I I, I still stand and, by. Oh no, go ahead. And probably, I sh- in retrospect, I probably was harsher than I should have been. But of course, none of us knew what was coming. Right. Right. I, I, so, I w- so looking back on it, mm-hmm. I, I I am a lot more charitable towards that first half of the first season. I I st- and here's here's the thing for me because I, I I felt like and I'm pretty sure you guys didn't do this, but I I remember hearing a lot of people complaining because where were the superheroes? You know that where you know where this isn't the shield that was in. The the comics and I, and I and I tell people I would tell people all the time if they led off with superheroes the show would have been over in with it uh, by 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 mid season that would have been it they need to give you a reason to come back 
you know? Right. And, well, and they said that from the get-go. Not all heroes are super. Exactly. And really, I mean, yes, it kind of was the S.H.I.E.L.D. from the comics. It was. Because most of the most of the members of S.H.I.E.L.D. didn't have powers. No, no. Now, I will say the bright point of the first half of season one to me was the character of Deathlock. Yes. Yes, yes. Because, because it, it was... It was a good origin mm-hmm. because he wasn't. It wasn't a huge focus. No, I mean he wasn't the main character, Mm-mm. but you know you saw what happened to him. He was he was very much an everyman. Yes, in much the same way that uh, that Coulson was. Mm-hmm. And so he was like, all right, well we've got the he's got the whatever that is the extremist the centipede thing, mm-hmm. right? And you know because of that he's just he's an ordinary Joe who got powers and then it got. All Augmented with with bionics and stuff like that, and really, it wasn't until the sh- till the series was pretty far along in that first season that I recognized what character they were they were going for. You, you know, and they that I have to admit that was so well written because it was yeah, okay. It wasn't the comic origin. No, know, it wasn't. But either, no, but it wasn't. But it fit so well in that world. It fit so well, and you know they they wanted, and it was just like what they wanted to do with the MCU. They wanted to kind of establish this in the real world, you know, and kind of get us grounded and rooted in that first. And they did that, you know, and then once they were like, okay, uh, so let, let's let, let's start stretching things a little bit. You know, they kind of start doing that by season five. And now, you know, you start getting into like the a bit of the weird stuff like you got with the Steranko run of uh, Nick Fury, Agent of, Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. Right. And that's pretty much, they're just full on now like you know we we got time travel and space travel and well we we have a super powered agent now you know so and that i think was another strength of the mcu mm-hmm. the very the, the very beginnings of it were very much grounded in reality and yes. practicality feasibility so where it was it was easier to comprehend to to imagine that tony stark could create the iron man armor Yes, or that, or that Captain America, the uh, the super soldier serum would actually work. Mm-hmm. And because of that, because of that, that has enabled the more recent MCU to branch out. Yes, because you have that foundation, you have that grounding in reality. Mm-hmm. So now you get towards the fantastic, like the Doctor Strange and the Guardians of the Galaxy, mm-hmm. and you don't question it as much. No, I I feel like and to me that's just uh that just that's the payoff from good writing you know you 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 lay down those those rules you ground your you ground your audience in reality and once they're comfortable there you know you, you start to twist it a little bit and and you know they can't help but want to go along for the ride because they've they've already paid the admission and you know they, they they've they've gone through a couple of loops and you know there was a big drop here and there but okay let's see what else you're gonna do on this roller coaster you know yeah I mean, you know, by the time you you get there, you've you've got such the buy-in from the fan base that now you can bring in the Dormammu I've come to bargain loop. <laughs> right. <laughs> If you had tried starting off the MCU with something like that, it wouldn't have worked. No, people walked out. They were done. It was it was too outlandish. 
But and, you start off you start off in reality and you can work your way gradually to that. So by the time you get to Guardians of the Galaxy, you don't question the fact that there's a raccoon with a machine gun. Nope. Or a talking tree. Or a talking tree. I mean and okay, let let I, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna throw it out there. The the reason why the distinguished competition, you know, they 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 claim certain wins is because of your big three, two of the characters have been in popular culture pretty much consistently in some form since their inception. Okay. So by time, you know, by, by time we get to the seventies, you know, there have been Superman serials, you know, back in back in the forties and fifties. And there was a very popular Superman TV series that I used to watch it when I was a kid. So, you know, for them to take leap from a TV series to a movie, it really wasn't that big of a leap, right. uh, you know, and that not, not taking anything away from the movie is a good movie. Don't get me wrong, but I'm just saying that Marvel, the truth is right, for, for the comic fans, Iron Man is an, a, an, an A-list character. Tony Stark is, is up there. He's a big one, but to the non-comic reading fans, they've never heard of Iron Man, but they've heard of Batman. They've heard of Superman, you know? So Marvel had, they had to start this grounded in reality. They, they had to, if, if you wanted to get any longevity out of this, that's what you had to do. Um, and it paid off, yeah. you know? Yeah, but Marvel has done the, Marvel's done it right, though. I mean, yeah. Of all the characters that have come out since in this now 11 years of MCU, mm-hmm. who was the A-list, A-list hero in this whole thing? I, you know, it's hard to call it, though. I mean, I, you, I mean, some could say Captain Marvel. I mean, Cap, I'm sorry, Captain America, because he was the first Avenger. But it well, depends it, on who people, you talk to. And people knew Cap. I would say they the did. other. I say the other one's Hulk. Yeah, the, yeah. People knew Hulk because you know he had a TV series. I mean, there was Spidey, but Spidey didn't even come into the MCU until later. Right. But you, when you and I on the night Eric wasn't able to join us year, year and a half, maybe two years ago, and we talked the old Mego figures. I had some of the old Mego figures. Okay, yes, there was an Iron Man. There was Iron Man, Cap, Hulk, Uh Spider-Man. I think there was... Falcon. There was Falcon, Fantastic Four, you know, the four members of Fantastic Four, hero-wise. See, I don't remember Namor. I remember Namor. Namor was an easy figure to have, so, you know. Who, who, who 90% of the time did you see your friends have out of those? You saw Cap, Spider-Man, and Hulk. Yeah. I know I had Falcon and I know I had Human Torch as well. And I tried to get, I think I had Thing. I remember Thing. And I tried to get Reed Richards and Sue Richards because of the cartoon. Mm-hmm. But did, did they make a Herbie one? No. They didn't? Okay. No. Not a Mego version, no. Okay. I think I remember seeing a, a, like a small toy, but that's it. Yeah. Right. But still, the, the the main three Cap or, or Cap, um, Hulk and, and Spider Man. Yep. And if there's a fourth in that, I would say it was either Falcon or Human Torch. Yeah, because I mean I know Spide, Spidey and Human Torch would team up a lot in comics. You know they were they sort would. of like about yeah. the same age. You know, so they would hang out. But, but they you're, were buds. So your 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 two A listers in the MCU are Spider are Hulk and, and Cap. Mm-hmm. So with that, look at what Marvel has originally Marvel Entertainment before the split to Marvel Studios, which I think that split was ideal. Right. Is then the comics could be the comics, 
films can be the films. They can inspire each other, but don't have to rely on, well, we got to stick to this for this or this for right, that. Right. But they took B, C, and D list characters and have turned them into mainstream, roll off the tongue, kitchen words, mom words. Well, they kind of had to. Mm-hmm. Because yep. let's think back 11 years, 11, 12 years. That's really all they had the rights to. Right. Yeah. Because back when, and, and we've we've mentioned this before, and I don't think it's really you know a secret to what Marvel did back you know about 20, 30 years ago when they were in deep financial straits. Mm-hmm. And it basically sold off movie rights to what was then their A-listers. Right. Yeah. To, you know, just to stay afloat. And who were the A-listers at that time? Well, they were the Fantastic Four. And the they were Spider-Man, the X-Men. And so, you know, that's what the MCU had to work with. It's kind of like, well, we can't use these guys. We can't use those guys. We can't use that guy. So, you know, basically, what do we have left? And they just work from there. Yep. Yep. Well, you know, uh, well, they, they they knocked it out of the park. You know, that that they they really did. I mean, they they took characters. That, I mean, I'll be honest with you. One of one of my wife's co-workers loves like like I don't think she. She's even necessarily a comic fan, but she loves the Thor movies. Now, true is because of Chris Hemsworth, but the main point that my takeaway is she she loves the Thor movies, and it was because of Chris Hemsworth. Oh yeah, Thor. Thor was strictly CD level, strictly. Yeah, I mean he was great in the comics. Yeah, as a team group, like in like Avengers or or whatever. Uh, Defender. He was in Defenders too. So yeah, but I personally never really cared for him. Because because well, he spoke as is a Shakespeare character. Exactly, man. I that was that was my my issue too. I, I was I couldn't get with it. I just couldn't. But and I like how the first movie kind of played off that a little bit because you had the Shakespearean actor Kenneth Branagh doing the directing. Mm-hmm. Yep. But the thing is, again, another strength of the MCU, they'll grow a character. Mm-hmm. So by the time you get to Ragnarok, you've got a character who pretty much does not act Shakespearean at all. Right. Sure. I mean, there's there's still a little bit of it, but he is acclimated to 20th, 21st century Earth society. Right. Well, I so just... It's, it's more a casual Thor. I just found the, uh, the list of the characters from Mego. There was okay. Captain America, Conan, or Conan, Conan, Conan O'Brien, no, Conan. So that was back when Conan was part of Marvel. Falcon, yeah. Green Goblin, Human Torch, Hulk, Invisible Girl, Iron Man, Lizard, Mr. Fantastic, Spider-Man, Thing, and Thor. Wow. I know I did not have Con- Conan. I did not have uh, Invisible Girl or Mr. Fantastic or Iron Man, mm. but I had everyone else. But I also had almost everyone from uh, from D.C., Mm-hmm. I think I think I may have had one. I had like maybe one or two DC characters, and I had I definitely had. Or I had Spider Man for sure. Yeah, I remember that. Oh, and I had Flash Gordon, but Flash Gordon was completely a, a separate, completely front, different uh, series. Series, so yeah. But yep. so, um, so yeah. Now, <laughs> since I'm trying to remember where we where we tangented off on this thing from. Oh yeah, Oscars. Yeah, Oscars. Yeah, sorry. 
guys. No, I there's a reason we say there are more tangents on this show than a, a high school geometry class. You know what? I I think it's been a great discussion. So yeah. Uh, but to continue on, uh, I'm going to jump ahead because of time. Right. Um, supposedly, uh, during the Captain Marvel press junket, uh, Clark Gregg was asked on whether the announced seventh season would be the last for the series. And he's come back with, the, that's the word I've heard. The announcement I read was two more seasons, six and seven. Now, the renewal for season seven came as a surprise last November to, I think, even to us, especially yeah. since we're like, uh, but season six doesn't come out until May or summer. Um, and, you know, so how, how can you approve or renew a, renew a show when there's no ratings or, or whatnot to judge on whether the summer is the best time. Um, well, apparently it shouldn't matter. I think they're going to use the two the two seasons, which could have been a season, a full full fledged season six, if they had yeah. gone this fall to winter. Um, but I they're think basically, they're basically doing two half seasons. Yeah, and, and trying to get it to wrap up within the realms of okay, we're we're ra- using we're going to wrap up Agents of Shield within season or within the phase three stuff as well and tie-in since it's all connected on the tv side but not in the movies um but see where we go beyond that was season seven i think season seven is what's got my interest well you have an opportunity to integrate agents of shield into the movies like we always wanted right and i understand the logistical challenges of doing that right but but at the same time it's like okay we can pull stuff now we can this is a chance to basically go the separate ways so if you want to have uh daisy and and some others go off and join the avengers yeah okay because you're pretty much going to need that right i I mean we don't know who dies and who lives at the end of endgame but we know there's going to need to be some fresh blood right and really i I just want to hear you know or or see cold Olsen and Tony and Steve just meet each meet up again. Yes. I mean, is it is it wrong of me that I want that payoff? I dude, I'm I'm there with you. I mean, I I think especially for Steve to see that uh that Phil Colson survive, you know. Oh yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I mean you have that opportunity because they have approved they, they did green light the season seven. This is where you get you have that luxury. I mean you don't have to play up well you know how are we going to play this how are we going to make this work you know you got it right right and you know this is kind of like the victory lap this is like the 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 all good things episode to use the the star trek analogy ah i like it, it it's where it, it's where you can open up the door to other things right right and let's be honest did any of us ever expect especially when we're talking you know we're watching halfway through season 1 did we did any of us ever think that they were going to get to seven seasons no i didn't think they were going to get past two 
or, I, or, I was, or whatever it was to get two Avengers. I was, I was thinking three seasons. I, I was thinking three, too. I, I, I couldn't see it being more than three, only because of the, the, the geek factor. I, did, I didn't think it'd be, you know, I didn't think people would get it. And, and you know, I'll admit, like, there's, I, I, I have, uh, there's a couple of groups I'm in on, on Facebook, and there are some people I gave up after six months, or, I, you know, I think I, I gave up after, like, a couple episodes to the second season and i'm just like okay yeah you're you're missing on some really good writing there but you know okay fine you know that was my boss my boss gave up after the first few episodes and you know she and i've had this conversation it's like you know what it got really good after you went away Mm -hmm. you should come back and give it a shot right but hey, I mean, I, I am I'm glad that we've got as many seasons as we did because oh, yeah. we wouldn't have had Ghost Rider. No, we would. And oh my God, wasn't that amazing? We wouldn't have had Mockingbird. Oh, excuse me, they never called her Mockingbird, but but yeah, she was yeah Mockingbird. Yeah, we we wouldn't have had full on Deathlock. We wouldn't have gotten the Patriot. There you go. We wouldn't have gotten Quake, and, and we wouldn't have gotten a Zephyr. Basic basically a smaller Helicarrier for all practical purposes. Essentially. Yeah. You know, I love the Zephyr. I like it better than the bus. Just saying. Now, now, is this the bus as it was or if they had actually put the aquarium in? Even with the aquarium. Okay. The aquarium would have been cool. Don't get me wrong. But the Zephyr, I, I don't know. See, you know, the thing is, there's this part of me that feels like that a, that a shield show needs a helicarrier. And the bus didn't quite give you that. Like, it was... It was cool, but the Zephyr kind of gives you that bit of a helicarrier. You know, it kind of gives you that that the helicarrier satisfied the helicarrier craving. You know, right? Yeah, just a bit. Anyway, plus, I mean, the thing is big enough that uh, a Quinjet can dock on top of it. I gotta love that. Yeah, yeah. Well, unfortunately, gotta take discussion a different way. Is it that time? Yeah, the picks of the week. It is picks of the week. As, it is that time. As Thursday said. Uh, Kylan, since you've got the MU pick, which I think uh-huh. I might, <laughs> we will be pausing briefly. Um, uh-huh. why, don't, why don't you start us off with uh, your first pick of the week? Sure. My first pick of the, of the week is Domino Hot Shots, number one of five, brought to us by Gail Simone, David Baldion, and R.B. Silva. Bully, brawler, mercenary, spies. The Marvel Universe's hottest team is here. Domino and her pals, Outlaw and Diamondback, are caught between warring nations, and they'll take a whole new crew of international women of mystery to sort it out. Featuring the titanic talents of Gail Simone uh, of Birds of Prey and David Baldion, on Spirits of Vengeance. Okay. Well, my first pick of the week is Star Wars number 62. Uh, writer is Karen Gillian. Artist is Andrea Brocato. The Scourging of Shu Torin, Road to Revenge. How is Leia going to scourge Shu Torin? She'll need an all-star team and, and a plan they won't see coming. And with this one, the uh, the Star Wars action figure pick or action figure cover is Nikto. Nikto. Okay. So we, uh, I want to say we're slowly now heading into uh, the Return of the Jedi line. Oh, okay, cool. So your second pick. My second pick of the week is Killmonger number five of five, brought to us by Brian Edward Hill and Juan Ferreira. Own your name. His family is dead. The few 
friends he's made are dead, and his lover is about to be. There is nothing left of the boy named Najaka. Now there is only the vengeance to come. Brian Hill and Juan Ferreira bring Eric Killmonger to the edge, and he's not coming back. Okay. Well, my second pick, and I am really looking forward to this series, Star Wars Vader Dark Visions, number one. It's one of a five-part series. Uh, it's written by Dennis Hopeless, uh, Paolo Villanelli, and Greg Smallwood. Um, who is Darth Vader? He has been many things, a Sith warrior, a commander, a destroyer. Darth Vader is to many throughout the Galactic Empire a symbol of fear and a mysterious otherworldly power. I would say so after seeing his first appearance in, in Star Wars back in 77. It's like, yeah. Um, there are some corners of the galaxy so dark and desperate that even Vader can be a knight in shining armor. The first issue of a new Star Wars limited series, uh, writer Dennis Hopeless sheds new light on many sides of the galaxy's greatest villain. And I love this cover where he's on a Star Wars version of uh, of a horse with a like shield almost like Captain America's with the Imperial cog on it and lightsaber lit up riding like a knight. This thing's great. <laughs> so, uh, so I guess your third pick there, Kyle. My third pick of the week is Avengers number 16 brought to us by Jason Aaron and David Martin. Marquez, War of the Vampires, Part 3. Welcome to the Avengers, Blade. Hope you survived the experience. Though there are plenty of vampires out there that definitely won't, as the Civil War tearing apart the worldwide undead community rages on. Okay, well, my final pick of the week shouldn't be any surprise. Unbeatable Squirrel Girl Trade Paperback, Volume 10. Can you believe that? Volume 10. Life too short, Squirrel. The death of Squirrel Girl, yes, you read that right. Can it be true? Has the unbeatable really been beaten and to death at that? Is this truly the end of Doreen Green? You've read the comics before. You've read comics before, we assume. So, yeah, probably not. But there's only one way to find out for sure. Plus, witness a fighting mad Iron Man, thrill to underwater adventure, and recoil as the world of our fallen hero is rocked by a pesky invasion of scrolls. Why, why is this? Why is all of this happening? Who is behind it? What goals, sinister or otherwise, are they working toward? Prepare for all to become clear as mysteries are laid bare and secret origins are revealed. Uh, this is collecting Unbeatable Squirrel Girl, uh, number 37 through 41. So, um, and Eric, I'm going to go ahead and call your picks out title-wise, or, your, or are these not current? Um, no, they would not be current. Okay, so we have no Those picks. Those were my picks from last week. Okay. So we have no picks because of, as we stated earlier, Eric's side of the wing has got some major technical issues, and he's hiding in a closet. <laughs> Are you sure you're at the you're you're not at that Justice Hall or whatever? I'm quite sure. Thank you. Okay, I just wanted to make sure you didn't run into a couple junior janitors. <laughs> No, this this closet could use some junior janitors in it, uh, I'll but put, uh, but no. I'll, I'll put the call over since to see if those guys want to come over to a a better better franchise. Yeah, we have a volcano layer. True. With the hell of us. Yeah. They they have a they have a a justice hall that doubles as a train station or an art museum. Sometimes both, depending on what tub the drain runs to. <laughs> <laughs> 
So, Kylan, your uh, MU pick. All right. So, I recently read this series. Like, like when I say recently, I mean like maybe about two months ago. Uh, number one, I suggest reading the entire series. I think it's like four or five issues. But I am just going to uh, uh, talk about issue one. This is Shadow Masters from 1989. This is sh- uh, issue number one. Uh, uh, and uh, the this is brought to us by. Um, let's see. Like so the parents- S and M. Yeah. <laughs> Wait a minute. Oh wow. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Moving hastily on. Yes. Oh, learn the extraordinary origin of the Shadow Masters, a clan of ninja assassins seeking to restore their native Japan following the devastation of World War II. But do the Shadow Masters, Shadow Masters, represent a brand new, a new brand of hero or vigilante? These were characters that were actually featured in uh, the Punisher, and then they were spun off into their own series. The uh, looks, it felt like Marvel had plans to do more with them, uh, but they didn't really show up anymore beyond this. But do yourself a favor, read this. It, number one, they, the, the writers did a ton. I believe Larry Hama was a writer for this. He did a ton of research. So as you're reading this, it's gonna, parts are going to feel like a, a, a history class on Japan post-World War II uh, and beyond, but you will, you will thoroughly enjoy it i promise okay you said that came out what year that was 1989 year i graduated high school year i graduated high school that was two years after i graduated high school very cool well uh, that's gonna wrap it up for us here uh any final thoughts uh not no um actually i got one apparently with this next loot crate coming out from marvel gear um is it in the is it in that or is it in the cosmic I think it's cosmic. You talking about? I don't know. You know. Weren't you paying attention either? Well, uh, the the story started to confuse me. So, uh, Luke Crate. Okay, so Captain Marvel's getting double duty this year or this month. Um, the normal Luke Crate is a cosmic crate, and there's going to be an exclusive figure in it. And the figure itself is based on the Terry Dotson cover from Captain Marvel number five, which has Carol soaring high above the sky as planes tag along. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you see her coming off the comic cover with a plane slowly coming off of it as well. Except it's a it's a jet instead of the prop plane that was used in in number five. Okay. So, um, but also too, the Marvel Gear and Goods crate is a Captain Marvel themed as well, as it's mm-hmm. based around flight. So, so two two Captain Marvel items in two different crates. So check it out. Oh yeah. And then they're also saying too, um, Kevin Feige saying that the Disney Plus shows will interweave with the movies. So yep. the, the hope is any future show that comes to any new characters that come potentially to Disney Plus uh, will eventually see in the MCU. Nice. So, uh, so this is hashtag it's all connected part two. It's all really connected mm-hmm. or it's it's all connected. Really? <laughs> so any- hashtag it's all connected. We're serious this time. <laughs> any other final thoughts? 
Uh, no. Then on that note, Thursday, if you would, please. Sir, the reactor has accepted the modified core. I will begin running diagnostics. Uh, I thought we were going to fix that. We're, we're working on it. Um, the, 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 the techs have been kind of slow. Should, should I move the helibus? Uh, I will. Let, let, me, let me try this again. Thursday, if you would, please. Preparing to power down and begin diagnostics. There we go. I'm hoping that the text can get Thursday fixed. They can hopefully get you fixed, Eric, before Thursday is wrapped up. We'll cross everything. It don't hurt to cross. Maybe we'll even cross that, too. Just don't cross the streams. (laughs) (laughs) You have no idea how to talk to a woman, do you?